Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for Di, for the person that you've made her to be, for the gifts that you've blessed her with. We thank you for the work that she's put into preparing to talk this morning. And simply, Lord, would you prepare our hearts to receive what she has from you to bring to us this morning. Amen. What a crazy morning. <laughs> oh my gosh. How are your ears? Are your ears okay? Just wave to me so I know that I can actually see that you can hear. That was full on. I don't think I've ever experienced anything like that in this building. Um, and I'm really glad that you stayed. <laughs> this is probably a little bit hot, I reckon. So we might just bring it down so it doesn't go again. But yeah, it's so good to see you all here. Are you okay? What a week it's been, right? Who lost power for more than one day? Yeah. Are you guys okay? You all right? Isn't it interesting that many of us lost power with a wild storm and today we had too much power? <laughs> so we take, we take today as a new day and we just, I'm really grateful that you're here. Today, the message that I'm going to be sharing is, is actually pretty much stuff that you've heard before, but it's also got an edge to us where I think, I think there's stuff going on that doesn't really want to have this message recorded, so that's not happening today, and we've just, we've just had a lot of things that have interrupted, just like our week has been. So let's just pray again that we just will feel the settledness of, of God here today, and that we'll just be ready again. Um, maybe this is for my sake only, so pray for me if you don't feel unsettled, all right? <laughs> So, Father, we thank you that your spirit is here. We thank you that with all that's been going on in this week, we just speak peace. We speak peace into our own hearts, our own bodies, our own minds. We speak peace to this environment, and we just speak to our region and say all those that are feeling the effects of um, a wild storm this week, we speak peace to them, that you would come and meet with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, over the summer, I was able to watch a movie documentary called The Social Dilemma. Who's seen that? It's a social dilemma because they, talk, they did a, a documentary all about social media. And it's a really good one if you've got young people in your world and in your orbit. And this social dilemma was a, a research of 5,000 people on the effects that social media had on our lives. Social media is a really good thing. It's a, there for us to connect to one another. But what they found out was that it actually impacts if we get addicted to it, if we get connected to it in a way that um, rules and dominates our life it actually increases our, our mental decline and physical health and our life satisfaction is actually, it's proven through this research, it impacts us. And so this social dilemma documentary is fantastic because it helps give young people a way to push back from that addictive sense of social media, of being on your phones and your devices all the time. Why am I sharing that? Because you'll see on the first slide here, there was um, one particular part. Oh. <laughs> okay, is there a bit where there's a square, a, a brown or a black square with the word social dilemma on it? <laughs> 
There we go. Yay. Everyone do this for me. It's going to make me feel better. Because <laughs> what they discovered was, you know, the likes, with the, the likes with your thumbs up and with your heart emoji, every time that you experience a thumbs up or a like on your social media posts, they found out through this research, you get a hit of dopamine. You feel really good. And that is actually the chemical that makes us feel alive and good. And that's happening when we have an important post on our social media. There's a biological response. And they, the whole study that this Dr. Anna did, which is a little bit geeky, but in a way, this study was showing that we have a fundamental need, fundamental need for connection and we have a, a need to be seen. We have a need to be affirmed and have encouragement and connection and a sense of belonging and love. And it's being marketed through social media. And so our teenagers, particularly the ones that are affected by that, and that's why this documentary I'd highly recommend if you want to watch it and have conversations with the younger people in your world. But what it made me work out is that there's somewhere that we all go. I was thinking about us. There's somewhere that we all go to meet that human need. Where do we go to feel encouraged? I was thinking about it for us and for me. Where do I go to feel that sense of goodness? For some of you, it might be that you experience that through social media, and that's great. <laughs> that's a really good thing because that's a way that you're finding that you're belonging. But I just want to say that there's also a sense that we can cross over a line, as they're discovering here, and we can rely on that as our experience for feeling good. Sometimes that's all good, but other times we have to actually work out, is it crossing the line for us. Are we all going somewhere to get that sense of being known, that sense of belonging and that sense of accomplishment? So those of you who are parents, you might have had a sense of well-being when your kids were doing really well. When your kids are doing well, thumbs up. You're feeling really well as well. And if they're doing good at school, if they're doing good in the places or their workplace, whatever age they're at, perhaps you as parents are getting your sense of worth through there. Maybe you're getting it at your work. Maybe some of us are saying yes to things that we shouldn't be saying yes to. Maybe we're seeing that that's where we're going to be appreciated and get accolades and be valued. Maybe some of us are into investing things. And so we're watching our bank accounts going up and down. Every time it goes up, we get that same sense of feeling good. Maybe it's retail therapy. <laughs> We call it that for something, right? Because there's actually therapy in that. We feel good when that happens, when you buy something. If you're sitting here going, nah, nah, there's nowhere I go. I don't know what she's talking about. Maybe this week your little assignment might be find someone that you know really well and ask them, hey, what do you think? Where do I go for a pick-me-up? What would you say? What do you see me doing to want to be acknowledged and seen and belong because the truth is we all go somewhere. And so this Dr. Anna also said that we actually adapt to a neuroadaptation, it's called, where our brains adapt to, ah, oh, all of a sudden those likes don't mean the same thing that they used to. And over time, our brains begin to adapt so that we aren't as high as we were with that kick of dopamine so we look for more. 
all that to say, we have a longing and a deep need in us to connect. And we find it in different ways and we find it through different things. And today, my question is, what if there is another way to find that point of connection? What if there's another way that God has designed in his infinite wisdom to find our deepest needs be met in him and in community? And what if there's another way to experience encouragement that lasts, that travels with us through all seasons and impacts the deep part of our soul? Because he's made us this way. It's a good thing that we are reaching out and longing for that. And so as a church, we are going through, we'll put that slide up now, that everyone does have a story and we are looking for the invitation from God this year is your story matters. Your story is important and your story is being written by God and you're running a race of faith. And so as a church, we're saying we can't wait to hear more of your story. And in a way that we're doing that, Matt introduced last week, he has this, as our community engagement person, he has this idea that we're going to be doing a book together. So this particular church, not only do we say we have a, a, a story each, we're saying, and this is us. Who's who in the YVV Zoo? We're going to actually put a book together this week, this year, and we're going to capture a moment of your story and who you are and who we are as part of that. So that's our current project and invitation that Matt's leading us through, and you'll hear more about that in March. Today, we're going to have a look at God's design and how he has designed us and also designed church and community to be a source of encouragement and strength and building where we can bring our, our literal thumbs up and our hearts in a way that we're not going to be seeing anything except his goodness come and flow through us. So we're looking at 1 Corinthians 14 today. That's where we're going to land. That's where we're going to just be looking at the first five verses. This is the first letter written to the group in, uh, of believers in in the Corinth, and the believers there were needing instruction about how to encourage one another and how to use the gifts that the Holy Spirit was distributing amongst them. Because they had seen, since Pentecost, these believers had seen that the Holy Spirit was bringing different gifts, bringing gifts that were strengthening and building up the church. And so Paul speaks directly to that. This is the way that we're going to do that. And he's put together chapters 12 to 14, which all kind of hang together. And for the sake of time today, we're just going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And we're going to see how spiritual gifts are God's way of bringing unity and diversity in the body and also in the church and in the family of God, which is who we are. And sandwiched in between chapter 12 and chapter 14 is chapter 13, which we all know is about love. The greatest things of these is love. Faith, hope, and love, the greatest of all these is love. So gifts and love go together. They are packaged together in this book. They are being talked about in a way that we're going to follow the way of love, if you see the next slide. So this year, 2024, not only are, we, only are we following Jesus, not only are we standing in the promises of God, we are following the way of love as Paul is instructing us in 1 Corinthians 14. Now, if you look at the slide, this first slide, 
of the text. Can you see in verse 2 there? For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. That is something that we're not going to dig into today, but I just want to acknowledge that speaking into a tongue is a language that is given from God. It's a gift from God. And if you've not heard of that phrase, it's given so that we can communicate to him. It's an amazing gift, and it's a gift that came through the Holy Spirit. And we saw in Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost, that there were many tongues And there were many mysteries, and we get to experience that now, and we can receive that personal gift. But we're not going to be talking about that today. That's a language that can't be understood in our minds, but it can be interpreted. And the Holy Spirit helps us with that. If a tongue is spoken publicly, then that is when we need to see the Holy Spirit also interpret it and make sense of it and give that message to us interpreted by someone else. So let's read together. Verse 1, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Instead, no one understands them and they utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging and comfort. And anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. And I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. And Paul says, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, so that the church may be edified. Follow the way of love, he says. That's his instruction to this group of believers and to us. And eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. There's favourites. There's value in the gift of prophecy. And so today is all about prophecy. Today is about this gift that we can receive through the Holy Spirit and it's available for all. If you're a life group leader and you're here today, I'm going to flick through an email later today that you can also do some stuff with your life groups at some stage. You can do it this week. You might like to pick that up just to start to stir up again this gift of prophecy, which is highly valued in our church. And to be honest, this church, people can walk in here and receive encouragement inspired by the Holy Spirit, and it can be life-changing. And so we're just saying again, well done, let's keep going. Let's not get rusty with this gift because this is a gift for all and it's a gift that in this particular scripture is a level that spreads right across this room that every one of you can prophesy. It's a gift described as kind of like the first layer of prophecy. So we're not talking about the prophets that wrote scripture. We're talking about the gift that comes through the Holy Spirit. And it's usually brief. It's usually something that is given by the Spirit and mostly through encouragement. So most of us want to hear from God, right? Most of us. All of us? Yeah, yeah, good, good. So what does it look like to hear from God? Clearly, this is stuff that we know. And if you haven't ever recognized his voice, it often isn't coming as a big booming voice with something in the sky to promote that he's speaking to you. Have you noticed that often the Bible is directing us 
to hear his voice through relationship. And so if you look in Numbers 12, not only through relationship, but he speaks in many different ways to us. So as many different people as we have in this room, God's going to be speaking to you in a way that you're going to get it. You're going to understand his voice. Numbers 12 says, this is the Lord speaking, When there's a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. And this is not true of the servant Moses, it says. He's faithful in all my house. With him, I speak to him face to face, clearly and not in riddles. And he sees the form of God. Who wants that? I want to be that close that, like Moses, he's, he's receiving not only dreams, visions, but he was so honoured that God spoke to him face to face. Now, we have the Holy Spirit living in us, and he speaks to us individually in all different ways, and he's constantly talking, always communicating. He's a God that communicates because he loves us. So today, prophecy, basically, we're hearing from God, And we're speaking for God. That's the gift that we're talking about today, the prophetic gift. It's something that I feel um, particularly excited about. It's something that the way that I'm wired, I'm drawn to grow more into this gift. And so hopefully through just the the invitation even of, of my life saying it's worth going deeper and digging deeper with this gift, hopefully we'll be able to do that today together. Do you remember when Saul in Acts 9 was riding through the countryside killing Christians? He was destroying everyone that believed in Jesus until he had an encounter and the encounter was with a bright light that actually knocked him to the ground and he then was blind. And, and so Saul was heading to Damascus. We all know on the road to Damascus was where he, Damascus was where he got blinded by the light. And he was in a house, led to a house in Damascus where he was praying. What the heck just happened to me? As he's praying, he has a vision. And we know the vision is that he has a, a man coming to that house praying for him and him being able to see again. And more than that, God had a call for him that was going to be very important and remains very important because he'd been chosen by God. A paired vision happened that day. Not only was Saul on his knees praying, in the same town, Ananias was also hearing a message from God. And he heard this. He heard a voice saying... Go to Straight Street, which would be like saying, go to York Road, really specific. Go to this house in York Road. But God said to him, go to Straight Street, to Judas's house, and you're going to find Saul there. How would you feel if God said, go and talk to that murderer? <laughs> I'm going to bring a message to you. So Ananias heard, and he, he followed the, the um, leading of this voice, and he arrived And discovered that there had been paired visions. God had spoken to both of them. That is powerful, isn't it? When God had already spoken to Saul about something about to happen. And he saw what had been spoken actually lived out. 
This is the prophetic gift. This is what happens. And we know the story. He became Paul, who wrote this letter to the first Corinthians about prophecy. That's how he became saved, through the prophetic gift, through the healing, through the call that came through a paired vision. It's a great gift that God has given us. And we can lift our sights to see that there's more for us to understand about it. And so Paul is now writing to believers saying, this gift is important. Eagerly desire it. Eagerly expect it. Expect God's going to speak. Expect that he's going to speak to you for others. And if you're sitting there saying, oh, uh -uh, I'm not going there. I don't understand that. I don't get that. Have a look at Joel 2, which was predicted by the prophet Joel, but on Pentecost, sun, sun, oh, Pentecost Sunday? Was it a Sunday? I don't know whether it was. On Pentecost Day in Acts 2, this was what was described as what was happening when the Holy Spirit came. Joel 2, 28 and 29, he wrote, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit. And this is what we can continue to see as God is speaking to his church here. And this day, you can prophesy. Everyone is able to hear God's voice. All can receive and all can hear. Some people have the gift where they hear a lot and often. And that's when we say they are moving in the prophetic gift. And we see that they are actually have learned to hear God's voice for others often and a lot. And that's a ministry of the prophetic. But right now, we're talking of gifts that's available to all of us. So expect, as I'm speaking, that God could be also, through his spirit, speaking to you. You see, if, I, if we started with saying we're designed to be encouraged, God's designed us to be strengthened through this gift, have a think about this. Those of you who have kids, and those of you who have had kids that have grown up with you, you expect, and I'm going to be on funny ground here because I know that there's all different expressions of this, but you expect once they're mature and grown up, they'll leave home, right? Right? Doesn't always work out the way we think, but you expect that's what good, mature kids are going to look like. They're going to stand on their own, and we eagerly desire that as parents, right? I'm sure you do. So, why is it that we believe the same thing in spiritual life, that maturity means that the more mature I become, the more I'm going to grow in Christ and the more independent? No, he's saying become more dependent. These gifts are to make us interdependent. This is to be part of our body where we're connected and we're a community, we're a family. And rather than moving away, we're supposed to, as we mature, we're supposed to be held even stronger in unity through the gifts of the Spirit and our relationship with God. 
So the more you grow in Christ, the more we need to connect, the more that he wants you to encourage others, and the more that he wants this hopeful future where we don't have to stand on our own two feet independently. We're actually designed to receive encouragement from God through others. And we can be held up through these gifts when we're going through turmoil, when we're going through crisis, when we're going through intersections that you actually have to choose, you want to hear God's voice. And so we invite the community of faith to bring these strong prophetic gifts. Hearing God for others is really vital. And so how do we get practical with that? How do we move through that? Today, just two really easy, easy, easy things for us to lead into. Pray for other people and with other people. That's the very next tip that you're going to see on the screen because the best thing and the best way to learn and to continue to grow is to pray for people, for other people, to bring your your whole surrender before God and ask him to speak for others. You will hear from God as you pray for other people. It's the way we're designed. It's the way the Spirit loves to work. It's called the flow of the Spirit that happens when gifts are given to us. And in the vineyard, when we say, hey, I'll pray for you, it's not so that we can get out of a conversation. (laughs) We don't say, hey, I'll pray for you so that then you can actually walk away from that person because maybe you're feeling uncomfortable with what they're sharing. It's not saying, I'll pray at home, which we can do. It's saying, I'm going to pray for you now. And that's in the vineyard when we say, can I pray for you? It means right now because we believe that the Holy Spirit is here. And if you're new here and you haven't seen that expression for us, we have a team that loves to pray every week. There's an opportunity where we can pray for you and expect the gifts of the Spirit to flow through you for your benefit. When I was learning about this amazing gift that the Holy Spirit distributes. I loved to get alongside people that knew how to do this. I loved to go and pray with people. And what I learned as I was praying with people for other people, I learned that sometimes there was this thing that happened where I began to think thoughts, and I might have been a little bit scared to say it, But then that person praying with me would pray exactly the same words. And I'd be going, ah, God's speaking here. And it was so affirming. Has that happened to you? Or you might be in a conversation and say, let's pray. And all of a sudden, it's like the same thing is happening for the person that is receiving prayer from you. So when I say let's pray for people with other people, it's because God's designed us to be able to hear together. And he affirms through his gifts that he's speaking and we get encouraged even as those that are praying for one another. So when we pray for other people, with other people, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3 says, The one who prophesies speaks to people. The one who prophesies speaks to people to strengthen them, to encourage them, to comfort them. Speaks to who? To people. This is a gift for people. This is a gift that the Holy Spirit gives to you. And yes, he'll speak to you as well, but he'll give a gift 
to share with other people as well. Isn't it great to share gifts? Even in the natural, it's great. But we are here today to say prophecies for you. And if you have a relationship with Jesus, you are designed to be able to encourage others through the gift of the Holy Spirit in you. Eagerly desire it. Eagerly desire prophecy. In the vineyard, we just have that one little rule, one little guideline with this particular gift. And that is be strengthening, be encouraging, and be comforting. If it's in that frame, you are building up the body of Christ. You are building up others. And in this place where everyone gets to play, if you're not sure whether you've got a gift of prophecy, just check that. Is it strengthening? Is it encouraging? And is it comforting? So we're following the way of love here. And you know, the most powerful prophetic words that I've ever received, I don't know about for you guys, but for me, are just the simple ones where God says, I love you, Di. (laughs) So proud of you. I honour your work and your commitment to me. And he, he just says these words that are so simple. You're mine and I love you. Follow the way of love. It can be that simple that God's wanting to really just speak profoundly through each other and be encouraged as he says how much he loves you. For those who love to dig deeper, in chapter 14... <laughs> This word encourage or edified that we've just read about, that Paul's talking about, he actually names that word five other times and he he translates it from the Greek, it may be edified, strengthened, encouraged and comforted, to upbuilding. So if you're wondering whether the words that you are under the instructions of Paul, we're looking for things that build up. We're looking for things that don't tear down but build up the church. In verse 3, upbuilding. In verse 4, build up the church. In verse 5, the church may be built up. Verse 26, all things are done for building up. And so as we look at this gift of the Holy Spirit, that is what we're doing. We're building up through our words and through the gifts that he's given us. So who, who distributes the gifts? Answer. Holy Spirit, yeah. Is the Holy Spirit the same spirit for all the gifts that are distributed amongst us? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. And so this same sense of building up and this same sense of building up for common good, here's what I want to say as the crux of today. I'm going to read it slowly. I needed to write it down in a way that would be clear. People that prophesy have the effect on other people that is the same as the Holy Spirit visiting that person. Because prophets are inspired by the Holy Spirit, the gift of prophecy is empowered by the Holy Spirit. The effect of prophecy is that people will encounter the Holy Spirit because he's the one that engenders and originates and is a source of all these. And so these clusters of words where we're saying, make sure that this is about strengthening and encouraging and comfort, that's describing the Holy Spirit. And if you want to dig even deeper, that word, paraklesis, is the word for encouragement, the Greek word, 
And it's also parakletos, which is the word for Holy Spirit. And the New Testament characteristic of prophecy with the Holy Spirit is encouragement. As you experience the Holy Spirit, prophecy is also going to be that same effect. There's going to be like an advocate. It's going to be like a comforter and a helper. This is who the Holy Spirit is, the friend, the one that comes alongside, the counselor. The Holy Spirit will come and visit with his effect of who he is through this gift. Who wants that? Yes, please. Holy Spirit, come. And so the love of God is distributed through gifts to strengthen us. And you know what's coming, don't you? We're going to try that in a moment. So here's three things. Three things as we wait on the Holy Spirit. We want to keep the main thing, the main thing. And what's the main thing? Those three things, strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Keep that as the main thing. If you're not hearing that, if you're not hearing a sense of something that's going to strengthen and encourage and comfort, hold it. Hold it. Don't say it. There's nothing wrong with a time stamp of coming back to that to that person and say, I think I have something for you, but I'm just going to pray about it. So if it's not strengthening or encouraging or comforting, hold it. Second, this is a guardrail. The second thing, we are going to make mistakes because we're human. We are going to make mistakes with things that we say. And so one of the guardrails I want to say is just be ready that maybe you're wrong. And maybe you haven't actually heard clearly. And so that's why in 1 Corinthians 14, a little bit later, Paul writes, two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. So if you are receiving encouragement from someone or if you are giving it, we have to learn to discern and weigh what we're giving. And in fact... As we weigh things and say, does that sound like the Holy Spirit? Does that sound like something that the Father would say? Then we also have in our own personhood the ability to say, you know what, that doesn't sit right with me. It's okay to do that. And as we move more and more together as a community where we will have public words of prophecy, the same weighing goes on. That if you hear someone speaking out something that's empowered by the Spirit, we want to hear that it is strengthening, encouraging, and that it's also going to be comforting. And if not, we weigh it. We weigh it together. That's what the instruction is. So we can get it wrong, and so we also need to have a really strong muscle of being able to weigh the words, recognising it's okay to make mistakes. Aren't you glad that we don't get punished if we get it wrong, like in the Old Testament, pretty harsh. Yeah, pretty harsh. They were killed. If we get it wrong here, we have grace to humbly go to that person and say, I'm so sorry, I think I missed that. So there'll be moments when you're stepping forward and you're not sure, and that's why it's always good to have someone else with you. And when God speaks, we can hear it wrong, we can interpret it wrong, we can apply it wrong, we can add stuff to it where we're saying things and he's not actually saying it. You're all nodding, you're going, yep, yep. I'm sorry if that's been your experience. <laughs> and the third thing, when you're in doubt and you're not quite sure, just listen longer. 
it's a relational thing here and we often get scared of silence and so even as we're praying with one another here in this setting it's good to have two people praying because while my friend's praying I can be listening and then while I'm praying they can be listening longer so don't rush in out of insecurity or discomfort if you're praying with someone make sure that you listen longer and pairs and groups are always a great way to do that and the other thing is listen longer because sometimes, and I have a feeling there's quite a few of us in this community, sometimes God asks us, he speaks to us and asks us to intercede. So he's speaking and that gift of prophecy is for someone else, but we actually need to pray it through before we release it. Um, when I worked with the Jesuits a few years back, six years ago, one of the things that they talk about from the 16th century, so it's, it's very well tried and, tr and tested, is they, they call it spiritual neutrality. I don't know if you've heard of that. And I just want to add that in here, that if you have kind of developed in the sense of prophetic gifting and you're hearing God well, here's something for you to stretch yourself. It's, it's a really hard place to stand in. Let me describe it. So... Okay, Miles, imagine Miles, actually don't imagine, Miles is a business manager, <laughs> all right? So imagine if I said to Miles, as part of encouragement, as part of this is a good word, if I was thinking, oh, I really want to encourage Miles in his role as business manager, your work is going to be a work that continues to grow and expand and you're going to be successful, now, if I'm saying that just out of my heart, it's because I love that guy and I want you to succeed. And that's coming from my soul, not from what God's saying. So if I want to find out what's a prophetic word to, that the Father is saying about Miles and his business, I would say, Father, what are you saying? And I'm listening. And I'm seeing cement channels with water flowing it through it and I think the father is saying about your business that you're going to see some increase of flow of resources coming into your business and I'll just leave that with you to ask the father if that resonates see the difference well you saying father same outcome I want to see that but I'm listening with spiritual neutrality where I'm not putting my stuff on top of the word because otherwise it comes from me and if something doesn't happen Miles comes back to me and says you're not very good at listening to God or worse than that people come back to us and said you said that was what God said and it hasn't happened have you been in that place and so with spiritual neutrality with time to listen is this what God's saying and then we step in with authority to do his bidding, motivated by his spirit, not by my ambitions for Miles and his business. So if you are wondering how does that outwork, it means, as you've heard, with spiritual neutrality, we'd say don't prophesy anything about you're going to marry this person, right? 
Because even though we want that happen, that's not God speaking. That's what we want to see happen. Don't prophesy about dates. Oh, on this date, you are going to win the lottery or whatever it's going to be. Because that's putting our hopes. It's not, did God say that? It's also, particularly for couples that are wanting to have babies, we don't want to put any more pressure on couples that are longing for that. We want to bring God's kindness and follow love with what we bring with encouragement, not put our stuff on. We can definitely say, ah, we are longing to stand with you as you walk towards receiving children in your marriage. And we also don't ever want to prophesy someone's death. Yeah, it's happened. As a pastor, I can say, I've talked to someone that received a prophetic word saying you're going to die on this date. Not encouraging, strengthening or helpful at all, right? Yeah, 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 it happens. The reality is we are a preview community and we're going to be bringing the kingdom and God's ruling through these gifts. And so we want to see that he is coming and we're saying there's more to come for you. The kingdom is here, but there's more to come. And the prophetic gift is such a great way to preview this age is here. We're hearing God and we're releasing words of encouragement through our gift of prophecy. The other thing I just wanted to say that that adds value to the fact that Paul's saying this is a really a gift that you are to eagerly desire is that where we are right now, where we're standing, let's have a look at the next slide if we can, Tara, with the pretty picture with kingdoms. You are here in the middle of that. That's the one. Remember we saw this maybe a couple of years ago when we were doing um, stuff about the kingdom? And you can see you are there. We've got all these different colors of expression of where the kingdom is. It's not a time-stamped event. God is not contained to time. And so the kingdom is here. The kingdom is coming and the kingdom will come. And so in terms of gifts, you are there in this tension where we're inviting more of the breakthrough of the Spirit of God to come. And what we're doing by standing in that tension, by saying there's more of God's breakthrough coming, and particularly through this gift of prophecy, you are saying that we're going to see all things new and we're actually sowing into that right now, through your life right now. And through this gift, you are shaping the more of the coming as you listen to the Father's heart and he brings words to you to share and encourage others. You are actually ironing out through your life more of the kingdom coming as you architect that with him. Something we do together and it's such an invitation that we have as a church to continue to follow his way, which is love, and to continue to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, come in this tension now and bring a word that's going to encourage. Let your kingdom come into the circumstances of my friend. So we are going to do that now. We're going to do that in a way that um, is normal for us as a church, where we just wait for the Holy Spirit, and then we hear what he's saying for this moment right now.